Welcome to Moving On Sideways. Uh, I always have to say the date, which is like, which is kind of stupid because most people want things to be extremely recent or live or whatever. And when I say the date, it just shows that the show itself is dated. It's one or two months old. Oh no, so terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard some, you know, sometimes that people will like, when they are like looking for something to watch, that if something is two years old, they won't watch it. Or especially if it's like five years old, they won't watch it. Um, I just find that to be really weird because I don't think about that at all. And I kind of enjoy things that are really old. Not all the time for sure, but sometimes uh, old movies and TV shows and stuff are, are interesting. And anything that's like after like 2002 or whatever, I basically consider to be like the modern time period. So my definition of the modern time period is really different from uh, a lot of people's uh, definition, which I guess a lot, I mean, yeah, it's definitely arguable that COVID has changed things and even stuff from like 2019 or even like January of 2020 is like ancient now, but I don't know. <laughs> it's not ancient, <laughs> according to me at least. Okay, so, um, well, I just got done with uh, another scooter ride where I did not fall down on the scooter ride. I've definitely been a little bit more cautious um, after that incident. And I, to be honest, I'm when I'm going downhill, I'm not enjoying it as much as I did before I fell down. Um, now, when I did fall down, it actually was pretty minor, although I uh, had to wear shorts for to work for a week, well, two weeks actually, because my knee hurt, because uh, my knee was scraped. But, but other than that, it was pretty minor, you know, arguably could have been a lot worse or whatever. Um, so that's like something like when I'm actually going downhill or whatever, that's, I actually, you know, I'll kind of be, think about that. Like I kind of fell in, in a good way. Like I could have fallen in a bad, like, you know, it depends on what you fall on, um, or, or whatever. Yeah. So just want to report that I did a uh, scooter ride and it was not, uh, did not fall down, not get injured or anything like that. Um, so yeah, so the subject matter of this, uh, episode is going to be continuing, um, about that trip in 2007. Speaking, speaking of things that I would consider not that old, but some people would be like, oh my God, he's telling a story from 2007. That's so long ago. Uh, yeah. Well, that's another thing about, about me. Like I could talk about a vacation from, from over 10 years ago as if I just got back a week ago. Like I don't, a lot of people, when they get back from a vacation, they, they like, especially when they, they liked or whatever, to a new place or something like that, they like to talk about their vacation and they tell everyone they know about their vacation. But then if you talk to them like one month later, like, yeah, yeah, I went on the vacation. Yeah, who cares? I mean, that was a month ago. That was so long ago. Blah. But uh, for me, I don't, um, I don't see things that way. Uh, yeah, so, so like for me, I like, you know, stuff that happened... In my stuff that I can remember, which is, I guess, according to Keith, is a lot of stuff. <laughs> it definitely is a lot of stuff as far as like long time ago or whatever. I don't have the greatest memory with um, just everything in general, but I have a pretty good memory with things that happened a long time ago. And I've always, I've always been like that, uh, a little bit, little bit Alzheimer's-ish. -ish. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so I'm going to continue with the story of uh, the trip in 2007 and how I fell in love with the Netherlands. Um, and I, I don't, I'm hoping that I can, this uh, 
episode can be as good as the last one because I, I really, when I listened to that, I really enjoyed listening to that episode. I thought I, I thought, I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna like, you know, I don't, I'm not saying this about all, I'm not like so self-obsessed that I'm just gonna be like, oh, all my episodes are the best thing ever. Like, I'm not saying that at all. But I thought that was a pretty good episode. Um, I don't know if I have a favorite episode that I've done or whatever. But that that is up there for sure. That's definitely a competitor for favorite episode ever. Um, was that was the last episode where I was talking about basically landing in Germany and then going to France uh, after that. So um, so yeah. So the first night I spent in France, um, I woke up the next day and I was going to have that that D-Day tour uh, to Normandy. And part of this whole thing was that I um I went to uh, went to some train station. Um, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I went to some train station. I was supposed to take a train to, uh, basically the Normandy area. I think it was Shor- Cherbourg. I'm, I don't really understand. I don't really know how to pronounce French words, so I'll probably mess up things or whatever. And it might've not been Cherbourg. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. So, so I went to that train station. Um, and that, and that whole trip in 2007, for some weird reason, I kept showing up ridiculously early to train stations. Um, I guess because I was, I was really, really prepared or whatever. But with later trips to Europe, it, I would basically, if I got, if I showed up like 20 minutes early to a, to a train station, I would just go walk for like 10 minutes and then, or maybe eight, maybe nine minutes, and then walk back, and then, and then, you know, because because you're still like exploring a different country or whatever when you do that. Um, and I would, you know, get back just in time for the trains because. Trains are usually on time in Europe. Uh, yeah, so or at least <laughs> at least the part of Europe that I was in. <laughs> okay, so anyways, um, uh, I have to think. <laughs> oh yeah, so I showed up at that train station, you know, too early. It was, I don't know, the whole showing up too early thing. When I say too early, I mean like forty-five minutes earlier or whatever it was. It was way too early. Definitely, that, that whole thing took away from the trip for sure. Um, and by the way, and keep in mind, uh, there's definitely a lot of good moments, but at this point it was uh, maybe below average trip overall. A lot of pain in my uh, feet for, for one thing, because like walking all day with a camping backpack that was, you know, however many pounds were in it. I don't know how many pounds, maybe 30 or whatever. Might have only been like 20, but, you know, all day with a camping backpack in this, in this oh yeah, in June. So, kind of summery or whatever. Not like here in, not like Virginia in June, but um, pretty summer-ish. Yeah. So, uh, showed up at the train station too early. Uh, then I found out that um, there was a, a strike and that train was not coming that day. Um, and so then I, then I went back to the place where I bought the, where I, well, okay, so I bought the ticket online in the U.S. ahead of time. But, I, but I, when I got to Paris the day before, I went to this specific location and picked up my physical ticket. ticket. So I went back to that, that place and uh, they said that I could either, um, I could either uh, go the next day or they could give me my money back. And at that point, I was kind of, at that point I wanted my, I just wanted my money back. I wanted to do the next thing on the trip, which was go to Amsterdam. Um, so they gave me my money back. <laughs> um, and oh yeah so so i missed out on the going to normandy thing but oddly enough i at the time and i still i still pretty much agree with this 
Um, although I think it may have been a little bit more the case back in the mid to late 2000s. But it was a, I felt like that was actually more of a cultural experience to, to have a train not show up because of a union strike than to actually go to Normandy and see where D-Day happened and all the relics or whatever of D-Day. And the reason why I thought that was more of a cultural experience is because um, in the U.S. in my lifetime, we don't have, we have very few strikes and especially they don't really interact with, they don't really interact with your, with your daily life like ever if there are any. Like there might be a teacher's, I don't know, I guess that obviously would but I mean, stuff like there'd be a teacher strike on the news or something in Chicago or something like that. But generally speaking, everyday life, you don't, there's not very many strikes at all um, that interfere with your life at, at all. And I thought it was really interesting because like those people that were striking were obviously sacrificing their livelihood um, for better working conditions. Um, and I thought that was, uh, I actually thought that was really cool that I, that I kind of experienced that, that they're like, you know, they're standing up to people giving them bad working conditions and like in Europe they have you know I guess I'll just say this for the three percent of the population that doesn't know this but they have much better like PTO and things like that at their work um you know it's not like it's not like their entire lives are are better there's pluses and minuses to the United States and pluses and minuses to Europe but uh but but generally speaking they have a lot more PTO or leave or whatever from from their work um, like a lot more and they just have like a more relaxed attitude about about that like they just they don't do overtime near as much as we do and things like that but I thought it was uh, I thought it was interesting to see you know a strike actually you know I actually couldn't make a train because of a strike so I just thought that was a little was more of a cultural experience than than actually going to Normandy of course that's maybe that's because I didn't go to Normandy <laughs> like maybe if I went to Normandy I'd been like whoa this is so cool blah blah um, it could that could have been one of those things where, you know, seeing the beach where D-Day happened would have been interesting or whatever. But I might have, you know, I might have been more impressed by um, by the the French countryside out out in like that part of France or whatever. I, I have no idea. I've never been back or whatever. So <laughs> to France, well, to France, yeah, I've never been back. But I I meant like I've never been to that part of northern France or whatever. So yeah, so. Um, so then I booked, I went to the train station that goes to uh, Amsterdam, which is um, the same. It's kind of funny, like France, like there's not like one central train state or not France, but Paris. There's not one central train station, or at least that was my impression after I went there, because I'm pretty sure I was right about, I'm right about this. Um, like if you wanted to go to Madrid, Spain, south of France, you have to go to some train station that's on the south side of Paris. If you want to go to like Germany or the Netherlands, um, you have to go to a train station on the north side of Paris, which I think is called Paris Nord. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how you pronounce that. <laughs> but um, so I went, I went back to the same train station that I arived in and, and, and uh, was trying to get a train ticket to Amsterdam that day. Uh, couldn't get it. So I went. So I got one for the next day. Um, and then I and then I got a hotel or went. Yeah. Then I went back to the same hotel that I was in the night before and booked another uh, I think I had already checked out or whatever, but I booked another um, night in uh, Paris. Um, and then I went to the Eiffel Tower that day, actually, So, that, which was actually pretty cool, and it was worth the money, in my opinion. I think it was 11 euro. Uh, anyways, um, so, so the next day I went to, uh, the next day I boarded the train to go to the, the Netherlands, to Amsterdam. Um, and 
I didn't know much about the Netherlands. I, I did know, you know, some people think that they speak German, which is extremely ignorant. They don't speak German. And, and neither does people, neither do people in Sweden or Norway or Denmark. Like some people think that all those countries speak German. It's not true. Um, Austria speaks German and Switzerland. They, now that, that one actually is arguable. Uh, most people say that that a lot of people in Switzerland speak German, but they, but the Swiss themselves say it's a different language, but I think it basically is German with a strong accent or something. But the Dutch, um, they speak, they have their, they definitely have their own language. Like Germans cannot understand it because it's a different language. <laughs> um, sometimes Dutch people can understand German because they learn, they learn a ton of foreign, like, well, they learn more foreign languages than we do in the U.S. Like they, they, um, yeah, so... Anyways, um, so I just, so I didn't like I said I didn't know much about uh, the Netherlands, and I assumed, but I did know it was its own culture, like Dutch or whatever. I assumed that Dutch was a mixture of French and German, which is very untrue. <laughs> so to to recap, um, I was still in the mindset of like, oh, everyone, everyone in the world should speak English. Why don't they speak English when I go to their country? Blah blah blah. Like, you know, still in that mindset. Um, I, I, I wouldn't have consciously said those exact words, but that was how I, that was how I uh, subconsciously felt, you know. And it's, and it's mostly because Amer other Americans have been lying to me my entire life. Like, oh, everyone over there speaks English. No, that's not true. Or they might speak some English, but they don't, they don't like it when you think that every, they, when you, yeah, when you act like they should speak English. So... So to recap, uh, in Germany, you know, I was, was dealing a little bit with people not speaking English, and it was kind of annoying me. Um, and also, I just kind of felt like the culture was was kind of weird. The buildings, it was just, it was a little bit of cult cultural shock or whatever when I when I showed up basically, and like the whole backpack not showing up at the same time made it worse. Um, the good aspects of it, but you know, worse than average. Uh, France was that whole thing to a little bit, or Paris, I should say, once again. It's only in Paris and not outside of Paris, um, but it was a whole that whole thing to uh, to an even greater extent. Um, you know, even more so, like annoyed that I was, you know, ex expecting people to speak English, and even more so, like uh, stubbornly refusing to speak English because I was being so rude about it. <laughs> so I was already kind of annoyed about that whole situation. Um, plus, like. I don't know. It's just, see, now I like, you know, going to a place that's weird. I'm like, oh, it's weird. It's cool. Blah, blah. And, and I find like cookie cutter stuff to be really boring. And I don't like that. But I was not in that mindset at the, at the time. Um, yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure everything was like exaggerated because of uh, luggage not showing up and various things like that. So showed up the, at the Netherlands and uh, got a hotel. Um, uh, pretty much right outside the train station, which is, which was a bad idea. Cause that's like, uh, that's where like the worst, the worst, anything, the worst things are like right outside the train station because because idiots like me will just go to the thing that's immediately there. So yeah, so I got a hotel right outside the train station. It was the second worst hotel I've, I've ever been in, in my life. Um, uh, it wasn't terrible or whatever, but it was kind of bad. Uh, <laughs> it had like, well, it had hallway bathrooms, which is pretty normal for hotels in like cities in Europe. Um, so like if you want to go to the bathroom, you have to go in the hallway and it's a communal bathroom. You know, I mean, people that have, I never had this when I was in college, but some people had that in college actually. So yeah, so it's not the weirdest thing ever. Um, and that's not why it was so bad. <laughs> I 
Actually, I guess I'll I guess I'll fast forward a little bit. At, w- at one point, I was in my hotel room with my door locked, and these these French guys. It's funny they were French actually, but they were these French guys were in the hallway, trying to open everyone's door. Like I don't know what they were trying to do, like rob people or, or whatever they were doing, but they were trying to open every single door. And they sound they definitely sound like drug addicts, like heroin addicts or something. They just who are not on heroin, like people like fainting for heroin or whatever. <laughs> I mean, that's how they sounded. They sounded like complete assholes. Like they're just, yeah, like they're gonna do anything to get to get some money or or whatever they're trying to do. Uh, so that was that was a pretty weird experience. I've never, definitely never had that experience other than that that time. I was, you know, I was safe in my locked room, and I didn't. It wasn't one of those things where I didn't leave the room because that happened. Like they were in and out so fast that. By the time it was time for me to leave the room for whatever I was going to do, um, you know that was they're they're long gone at that point. Um, pl- plus, I don't think they were going to mess with people if they were. I think they were just trying to look for empty rooms to steal stuff from the empty rooms. I don't think they're going to like mess with people if they were uh, in their room or whatever. Um, but yeah, that was that was a pretty crazy experience. <laughs> so so yeah. Um, so. So, you know, I showed up in the Netherlands, and uh, it's, it's definitely its own culture. It, it is somewhat similar to German, or the, the language is somewhat similar to German. It's not very, it's very unsimilar to, to French, although they have, now, when I learned Dutch later, I learned that they, some of the words are actually uh, French, like, like umbrella is parapluie, which is also, which is umbrella in, Fr- in French. Um, you know, a couple words like that, but, I mean, yeah. Okay, <laughs> enough of that. <laughs> so, so basically, you know, Germany was a little bit weird for me. Uh, France was even weirder. The Netherlands was was the weirdest by far, and and I, and I kind of, I almost kind of hated it at first. Um, and then I went somewhere. Actually, I think I think. Uh, well, anyways, I think I drank a beer in my um, hotel room. Then I went somewhere and got and got another beer. Um, and then I got another, and I was, I, was, I got kind of drunk. I uh, got beers in different locations or whatever. And then I was walking around Amsterdam that night, or maybe in the evening and the night or whatever. And I, and I got, basically I got lost, but then I, it was like, got lost, but then somehow I found like the familiar landmarks and could easily find, like I was never like lost and like hungry or anything like that. I was just lost for like a little bit and like lost in a fun way. And then I found my stuff and could get back to my room or whatever. But, um, like, uh, I, I'm, I'm a believer that there's a quote-unquote fine line between love and hate. And um, and I think that, like, it was like it flipped on me. Like, all of a sudden, like, maybe not all of a sudden, but over the course of a couple hours or whatever, I went from, like, hating the culture to, like, lo- loving the culture. And also, I went from, like, hating being around, like, weird new experience like new places that I've never been before being kind of weird, weirded out and stuff like that to like loving that as well um and then for I mean ever since then actually I would fantasize about getting uh I used to call it universal Eurail pass I, I ended up finding out later it's a global Eurail pass which doesn't make sense because Europe is not the entire globe <laughs> but it's called the it's called the global Eurail pass and you can go to any country that uses Eurail which is a ton of countries kind of it's kind of similar to the European Union um, oddly enough the UK is not in it but but Ireland is so you could like travel you could travel by rail around Ireland but you'd ha- but in the UK you'd have to pay for your train tickets um, yeah so 
yeah, so, so like, you know, I crossed that line. I went from uh, hate to love. And, I mean, it's kind of hard to, like, describe why or whatever. It was just, like, the city was, like, really cool. And then also, like, I'm sure, I'm sure being kind of drunk definitely had to do with it. But, you know, but then later, like, watching Dutch stuff on YouTube or learn, actually learning Dutch and still liking it. I mean, obviously, it goes, it's a little bit more extensive than just... Like and, and there's a whole bunch of things about the culture that I do like actually as, as much as I was talking shit on uh, a recent episode um, I actually like it's like kind of like my favorite culture actually out of all out of the entire world <laughs> for for a bunch of different reasons um, yeah so now let me talk a little bit about okay let me talk a little bit about the rest of that trip actually um, so I'd already missed out on well okay so the next day I got a uh, hostel room it was my first time to ever stay in a hostel and I actually really like that too um I like I kind of like I don't know I don't know if I'm still this way or if I've you know I've changed since now that I'm 40 but when I was in my 20s I, I the rare occasions where I was sleeping in the same room as a bunch of random people and kind of like people I don't even know I actually like that um something about I don't know I don't know why but I actually like it yeah, so, and also the hostel room was like so much better than the shit than the terrible hotel room. Um, had like a really good view of a canal, and it actually had a view of the shitty hotel from across the canal. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like I like water a lot. So the Dutch, there's a lot of water, especially in Amsterdam. But in a lot in a lot of cities in the Netherlands, there's a lot of water and canals and things like that. But Amsterdam might have the most. Pro- probably does actually. Um, I know Rotterdam is a gigantic port, but I don't know if it has the canals that Amsterdam has. You could look on a map, find out. <laughs> so yeah, so I so I stayed the next night in a good hostel, um, and I got like it, it basically like the whole experience, like falling in love with the Netherlands, and also just like really liking you know weird new cultures and stuff like that, and, and traveling around on the train and stuff. Like it finally like clicked for me, you know. Like, because early, earlier I just wasn't really feeling it, and all of a sudden I was, like, feeling it way more than I thought I ever would, you know? Um, but, yeah, it, it inspired me to uh, buy a, um, uh, or, well, to uh, not buy, but to go to the train station in Amsterdam and book a book a ticket to the, uh, to the little town, well, the closest city or town or whatever to the town that I lived in, or my parents and I lived in when I was a baby. Um, the town that I booked the ticket to was Wybroken. So, the next day, <laughs> I took, after staying that, that, the night in, the ho- in that hostel, which I liked, the next day, I took a tr- uh, f- maybe four or five trains to um, Zweibrücken. And that was, that actually ended up, I really liked that too, like the, like the switching of the trains and things like that. And like, um, so basically, it went from uh, Amsterdam to um, Frankfurt. And I think it was, yeah, <laughs> there was actually a moment where, it's, it's before it got to downtown Frankfurt. It stopped at the airport in Frankfurt. And I got I got off at the airport because I just, you know, because it said Frankfurt. I thought that was where I was supposed to go. Um, and the train, luckily the train was there for like five minutes or something. Because a lot of times it would stop for like one minute or whatever. But it happened to be there for like five minutes. And I realized like that was the wrong place for me to go. And I got back. It wouldn't have been the end of the world. But I got back on the train and went um, and continued on my journey. But after uh, Frankfurt, all the all the towns before Zweibrücken were like little tiny towns, um, and I, and actually, 
I was born in Landstuhl, which is an um, uh, American Air Force base over in Germany. And at one point in time, be- going between these little towns or whatever, the, the train actually went went straight by Longstool, but it didn't stop. So, like, I technically was sort of in the town I was born in for, like, a few seconds or maybe, like, a minute or whatever while the train was going through that little town. I'd have to, you know, I, I still haven't looked up on, a, um, on Google Maps where the train, where that is compared to the hospital. That, that sounds, I think I'm going to do that now because that does sound interesting. But so I finally got this Y broken. And um, I've told this story a bunch of times, but it's been years since I've told this story. <laughs> Um, so the town that I lived in, as or my parents and I lived in when I was a baby, uh, was Kleinsteinhausen. Uh, and by the, if anyone is familiar with German, the reason why I'm giving everything like a shh sound is because this is all like southern Germany, ex- extreme southwest of Germany, and uh, most German, uh, most most of Germany, they um, they speak like much more clipped, and they and they don't say shh as much. Um, so, but in southern Germany, they do everything is shh, uh, like. Like, for example, I in German is ich, but in southern Germany it's ish. So everything's like a sh sound. So I'm just pronouncing it the way that my parents pronounced it, which is the way that the local population pronounced it. Uh, yeah. So anyways, um, so I got this Y broken, and I got out of the train, and I went to a, a guy that worked there. I don't know, a train, some kind of, some guy that worked for the train station or something like that. And I, and I said, uh, and by this time I, I was pretty good at like pantomiming and using like my hands or whatever to like ask questions and things like that. So I think I looked at a, a bus or something and I, and I basically, uh, this guy spoke no English, like back to that whole thing about whether they know English or not, this guy, no English at all. And, and I was being very respectful and he was, he was being very nice actually. So it wasn't. It wasn't a respect issue or anything like that. He was a little bit older, by the way, and this was 2007. Because <laughs> um, apparently the younger populations of Europe are much more likely to speak English than the older populations. But yeah, um, so I, I, I asked, uh, I think I said just said why broken and pointed at a bus or something like that. I don't, I don't know how I did it, but somehow I com- communicated to him that I wanted to go to Zwei, uh, not Zweibrücken, but Kleinsteinhausen. Um, and he, uh, he, he pointed at his watch and like, basically like pointed to, uh, I think it was like 545. He pointed at 630 and said that, bu- like basically indicated to me that a bus was coming at 630. And he did this all with, um, um, you know, he didn't speak any English and it was all kind of like pantomiming and things like that. So, yeah. So anyways, the bus is going to come at 630. Um, but I mean, there's no, Kleinsteinhaus is, is a tiny town and I assume there's no hotels, and I maybe maybe even looked that up ahead of time and knew there was no hotels there. So then I said, uh, bus, you know, like, bus back from Kleinsteinhausen to Zweibrücken. Like, is there a bus coming from Kleinsteinhausen to Zweibrücken? He looked at me like, you know, he didn't say no, but he looked at me like he was completely confused, had no idea what I was talking about. It turned out that it was like a commuter bus, and, like, so people live in, like, little towns like Kleinsteinhausen and work in Zweibrücken, and they would take the bus to work. So it was a bus going home at the end of at the evening. There definitely was no bus, um, especially after I got off in Kleinsteinhausen. There's not going to be a bus later in the evening going from Kleinsteinhausen back to Zweibrücken. But I was thinking, like, okay, I'll, I'll just I'll figure it out when I, you know, I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. And I, I ended up being very, very lucky. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I... 
so, uh, oh yeah, so I, t so I took the bus to Kleinsteinhausen, and my parents gave me um, very specific directions of like what, what the house was. And when I had a cam camcorder with me, not, not like a modern phone, but an actual camcorder. So anyways, my parents gave me, and I was doing, at this point, I, I don't know, it was a combination of doing, doing, doing it for my parents and for myself. I definitely wanted to see the town I li we lived in when I was a baby, you know, and, and the house or whatever, but it was kind of doing it for my parents and my family too, like beyond my, just my parents, like um, other people too. But I, I mean, it was a type of thing where I was happy to do it. It wasn't like I felt obligated at all to do it. So yeah, so I knocked on the door and it turned out that the, the father of the family, it happened to be his birthday. And they assumed that I was there. Um, they assumed that I was there for the party. Um, and, 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 and some girl that answered the door who didn't exist when I was a baby. Because we moved away from there before I was one years old. I think when I was about 11 months old. So this girl um, who was you know a couple years younger than me. But only like a couple years younger than me. Like, like I said, did not exist in 1981 when we moved out of there answered the door and just like gestured to me like to come on up and I and I went and, it, and luckily it just happened to be the end of the party because otherwise I kind of would have I kind of would have stolen the thunder from uh from the dad in that family uh, he's turning 61 at the time and he's um he's he's like an old 61 seemed kind of old for you know anyways whatever <laughs> so um the the dad basically didn't speak English at all but the the daughter and the son. The son was almost exactly my age, and when I was baby, we were we were babies together. Like the the mom of the family and my mom gave birth within three months of each other. The son was actually three months older than me, but we were about the same age. Um, he spoke English really well. He, he spoke with a which is fine. He spoke with a British accent, and the daughter spoke some English, and the mom spoke some English. The dad spoke basically no English, um, or very little, I should say. So the son kind of did like the commu the communicating and stuff, and they were very friendly. You know, I, I I told them who I was, and it took it took a couple minutes for them to like remember who my parents were and stuff. And it turned out that my parents were the first um, Americans that rented from them, and they ended up renting to Americans for years after that. But not but not but not in 2007 when I finally sh when I showed up there. Um, so yeah, so that was pretty interesting. And they, they actually offered me to spend the night there and I had, I had nothing else going on or I had, you know, I mean, I would have, anyways, I, I wanted to spend the night there anyways, but at the same time I was in a tiny town with no hotels. <laughs> so it was either, it was also, there was a, there kind of was an aspect of either you were like, I mean, I guess I could have probably, I, I probably could have taken some type of a taxi or, you know, if I absolutely had to, I might've walked on the street or something. I don't know, to, to get to a place where there's a hotel or whatever. But, um, I mean, I, I don't think I would have been completely, completely screwed, but they definitely made my, that, they definitely really helped me out by letting me spend the night there. Um, they offered it to me. I didn't just, I didn't suggest it like, oh, can I spend the night here? It wasn't like that at all. Um, so the son took me, uh, the son and a couple people took me out for a beer in Swybrooken. So it's kind of funny. They actually drove me back to Swybrooken that night anyways. Um, and then, uh, the, and then I spent the night and then the next, oh, and, um, I don't know if I said this or not earlier on the, another episode, but this was like a couple of miles away from France. It was in Germany, a couple of miles from France. Um, they spoke a lot of, I think I did say this before on the podcast, but they spoke, uh, German of course, but they spoke a lot of words 
they use French words instead of German words. Like, like um, for thank you, they would say merci, or merci, however you say it, which is French. They would not say the German thank you, which whatever that was. I think it's donk, donk, donk you or whatever. I mix, I'm, the tiny amount of German I know, I mix up with Dutch. So, I, you know, it's very similar to the Dutch thank you, whatever. It doesn't <laughs> kind of going down the rabbit hole there. <laughs> oh, yeah. So... Uh, the next, so the next day, um, and the son's, the son's name was Akim, and, and like I kept saying like Akim, and he was like, no, that's that's like an Arabic name. My my name's the German version, which is Akim. So the, there's like Akim, which is the German version, and Akim, which is the Arabic version, which is kind of funny that that that's the case. Um, yeah. So uh, so he drove me. So he was going to I think Zarbrücken, which is a bigger city than Zweibrücken. He's going to Saarbrücken the next day, so he uh, took me there and dropped me off at the train station. Um, and then I saw, lastly, before wrapping up that trip, I saw, I went to Trier. Well, I wonder if you ever, I'd never heard of Trier before, and I, and I really missed out on some aspects of Trier. But he, he recommended going to Trier because he went to college there. It's in Germany. So I went to this city called Trier, which is like... Uh, it was a it was a Roman town, and they have like Rome they have like Roman area. Um, so I walked around that. The reason why I say I missed out is because just like from a historical perspective, Trier is actually the place where Karl Marx is from, and I had no I, I didn't know that till years later. So I missed out on seeing Karl Mar you know Karl Marx's house or whatever, which you know love him or hate him, that's a major historical figure in the last. 200 years really influenced the world quite a lot love him or hate him <laughs> um, fa fa if, I guess for the 3% of the pop population that doesn't know who he is guy who basically founded communism so yeah um, so then, then I went to Luxembourg and it's funny I, when I, I told multiple people like on a trip later I told people people I was planning on going to Luxembourg everyone's, everyone's like why would you go to Luxembourg so these Germans said the same thing, like, you're going to Luxembourg? Why? <laughs> but yeah, I went to Luxembourg. Um, it actually, when I got there, it wasn't the greatest thing ever, so I guess I somewhat understand why they said that. So then, I, I wasn't planning on going to Belgium, but um, there's my layover from Luxembourg back to Hamburg, the, the city I had to fly out of, uh, was in um, Liège, Belgium, and actually the French-speaking part of Belgium. Um, so I so I had like a two hour layover there and and I, and I kind of enjoyed it actually it's definitely really run down and poor or looks poor anyways or at least the part I was in but um it's uh it's pretty cool and I had uh, I had some beer there as well so I guess there's a I guess there's some kind of a theme of beer influencing uh, me liking or not liking the place <laughs> yeah so then I flew back to the U.S. And actually, you know, I, I really liked the Netherlands and, you know, thought that was really cool or whatever. But I didn't really, like, love the Netherlands for, for a couple months later. Like, the more I just looked into it, the more I started to really kind of get obsessed with it or whatever. Um, and then, you know, then I finally went back about almost two years later. Uh, about 21 months or so. But wait, that time period, like, between in 2007 and 2009, when I went back... Um, just felt like forever and I was like upset like definitely in a bad way obsessed with going back and it was kind of a it was kind of a bad thing actually um, like to be t that obsessed with going to a place that I couldn't afford to go to basically and it was like uh, 
it's like I like every like I kept on being like, well, two months from now I'll go there, and two months from now just never. It was always like two months from now. So like in September of 2007, I'd be like, well, I'm gonna go there in November of 2007, and then November I'd be like, I'm gonna go there in January 2000. Like that just it's like a carrot on the stick that just kind of dangled in front of me. Yeah. So, um, and I think the rest is history. I'm not gonna make this podcast about describing every single time going to the Netherlands. Uh, but yeah, um, I'm, I'm hoping that this episode lived up to the last episode. And if not, then I don't know. I guess I shouldn't worry about it. (laughs) All right. This is moving on sideways.